Welcome to Word of Life Podcast. We believe in loving God, loving people, and changing lives. For more information about Word of Life and how you can connect and be a part of it, please visit wordoflifechristian.org. praise. If this is your first time with us, you may think that we're a little crazy and that's okay because we love the Lord. Amen. We love who he is. We love everything about him. We love that he is a true and living God. We love that he is a God that forgives. Uh, I'll remind all of us that in Psalms 34 says, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. I will boast only in the Lord. Let all who are helpless take heart. Come, let us tell of the Lord's greatness. Let us exalt his name together. It's important that we are reminded that no matter where we're at in life, no matter what storm we may be in the midst of, no matter what we may be dealing with, that he still deserves praise and honor and glory. Amen? Amen? We don't don't come for... Selfish reasons we come to honor the Lord. And when He is priority and when He is first, everything else works out. Amen. Everything else is taken care of. Too often we let our circumstances dictate our worship and our praise versus letting our worship and our praise dictate our circumstances. God's already won. He's already seen you coming through whatever season or situation you're in. He's already seen you coming through the other side. He's already ordered your steps. He's already connected the dots and put the pieces of the puzzle together. Now he's just waiting on you to trust him. Now he's just waiting on us to trust him. Now he's just waiting on us to say, yes, Lord. If you were with us last week, as Pastor Chris was talking about, the Lord spoke about tearing down walls and how walls disunify us, break us apart, and keep us from being who he's designed us to be keep us from having the relationships that he's designed us to have and to keep us divided so that we cannot fulfill what he's called us to do today we will continue as the Lord has led But today we're going to talk about a specific wall. A wall that most every one of us, I'm going to rephrase that statement, a wall that every one of us have dealt with in some capacity, some form, some shape. And I'm learning in life that Every day of my life, it does have purpose. 
does have destiny. And I'm learning that your life has purpose and destiny too every day. On the days when you think, how can, how will, how do I deserve? He's not looking with a microscope saying, oh, you missed it here, one strike. Oh, you missed it there, another strike. Oh, you missed it there, strike three, you're out. He's always looking at our lives and saying, I've got something more. But I need you to shift your focus from what feels like an eternal failure and shift your focus to an eternal truth. And the eternal truth is this, is that God loves us, forgives us, covers us. The Bible says it's the blood of Jesus that washes away our sins, not man's approval that washes away our sins, not culture, not our spouses, not our children, not our careers, but it's the blood of Jesus. That's what cleanses us. That's what restores us. And I tell people this statement often, and I, I, let me say that I pose this question often to people. What sins did Jesus die at the cross for? Yesterday's, today's, or tomorrow's? Reality is, is he died for all of them. Because if he didn't, we would be in trouble because he died before you and I were ever born. He died for our sins before we even were born into sin. He paid a price in advance to cover you and I. It's kind of like when you go to a, a ball game and your spouse or family gets their head and, hey, we got your ticket, we got you covered. And you get up to the gate, you don't have to pay for nothing, it's already covered. You just got to get your ticket and go on in. That's what Jesus did. He paid in advance. All we got to do is pick up the ticket. There's something powerful when you think about that. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning or afternoon, I guess it is now. But God loves you. He genuinely loves you. He genuinely desires you. And when he looks at you, he sees purpose, destiny, potential. He sees something that he calls good. He sees someone made in his image. And when we start realizing that and seeing that for ourselves, our demeanor will change because we won't be deceived and we won't settle for less than he has for us. Amen? Come on, amen. Somebody, you guys with me today? The word amen means I agree, means let it be so. This is not the place where we are quiet if you haven't figured that out yet and if you've been here for a long time and the Lord has brought you here then you know that uh, it is part of the legacy that we will always carry on we will be a vocal church 
that is not ashamed of the gospel, not ashamed to speak up, and not ashamed to declare him king. Amen? Amen. Go with me to the book of Judges, chapter 6 today. And as you're turning there, I'll start out in verse 1. Um, I want to remind you that the scriptures that the Lord has just put in my spirit this year, I just keep going back to them, is that everything in God's word is to show us what's wrong, to correct us, and to equip us, right? Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17. You say, Pastor Michael, you say that like every week, every service I do, and I will until the Lord says don't, all right? Uh, because I want you to understand something that when we read the word of God, when we go to the word of God, every aspect of it, 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 it is, it is life-giving, it is life-saving, it is life-protecting. It is the thing that we need more than anything this world has is the word of God. And when you read scripture, you must look at it from a different perspective. Oftentimes we will uh, downplay the word of God because of the familiarity with the word of God. And every time I read the word of God, I'm asking the Lord to speak to me. I'm asking him to show me something. And I want to encourage you to do the same. Because when you begin to look at the word of God with this, with this fervor and this excitement about learning something new, about understanding something at a deeper level, about getting a, clearing, a clearer understanding or revelation, God is faithful to release those things to you. But if you read the word of God just because it's a religious duty, then you won't get anything out of it. He's a relational God, not a religious God. And he wants fellowship with his children. You and I are his sons and daughters. You and I were bought with a price. You and I came into covenant. We are joint heirs with Christ. We are grafted in. That means there is no difference in any of us when we accept Christ that we get the same reward that Christ paid the price for. We get eternity with the Father. Amen? Judges chapter 6 and verse 1, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains, caves, and strongholds. Verse 3, whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in the land and destroying crops as far as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all the sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. Verse 5, these enemy hordes come with, coming with their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels too numerous to count, and they stayed until the land was stripped bare. Verse 6, so Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. When they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, Verse 8, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. Verse 10, I told you I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live, but you have not listened to me. Camp with your servant Pura. I'm sorry, but you have not listened to me. Jump back over, verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash, the clan of Abizar. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites. Verse 12. 
The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Verse 13, Sir, Gideon replied, If the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? And where are the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? Father, I pray today that you would breathe life onto your word. Father, I pray that you would give us ears to hear everything that you want to say through your word today. Father, I pray that you would remove predisposed ideas and thoughts of who you are and what you have to say. Father, I pray that our hearts, our minds, and our ears would be open to hear and understand and receive all that you want to do in this house today. Father, I pray that revelation would bring freedom today. Father, I pray the walls that have been in our lives, that you continue to tear them down. Father, I pray that our focus would shift to you today. Have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody in agreement said amen. amen. We understand that Israel is in a uh, less than desirable place in this moment. We understand that, the, that Israel has been handed over to the Midianites. We understand that things are not going well for them. We understand that they're now in, 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 in slavery. They're in fear. They're in bondage. They're, all these things are happening again. And, and the Lord had delivered them, but, but they refused to obey the voice of the Lord. And so because of their disobedience, they ended back in a place where they, they didn't want to be. And, and they come to a point in their life where they begin to cry out and say, God, we need you again. God, we need you to move again. God, we need you to save us again. God, we need you to free us again. God, we need you to bring us through this situation again. Uh, God, we didn't desire to be here. God, we didn't think it would get like this. But Lord, we realize that you're our answer. We realize that you're our hope. We realize that you're our solution. We realize that you're the one that we can turn to no matter where we've been and what we've done. We realize that in spite of who we are, that when we come to our senses and we turn back to you, that you are faithful and just to show up and to show out and to deliver and set free and bring freedom and put us back on the right path at the right season and the right time. We remember that when we are with you and running after you and serving you in relationship with you, we understand that things begin to go well with us. Amen? Many of us can relate to the children of Israel because many of us, we're on that roller coaster ride. Like we're here, we're with God, things are going good, and then we, 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 we get so good that we think that we don't need him, and then the next thing you know, it's like we hit that slippery slope and back down to the bottom and... Then we get down to the bottom and the mountaintops and the valleys as the Bible talks about. But I would say times when life seems easier and times when life seems rougher. And when it seems easier, we forget who he is at times. And when it seems rougher, we will run and cry out to him. I often think about our country in 9-11 and I know years have gone since then but I remember how a nation ran back to God because of the storms that were happening in this nation and a nation that was founded under God all of a sudden this traumatic event it rocked the nation and churches were full and people were running to the Father and turning their hearts back to Lord and then all of a sudden as things began to calm down and the further we got away from that date the more we begin to think, I'm good now. I can handle it on my own. As a nation, we begin to think we're good now. 
We don't need God anymore. Individually and corporately, we find ourselves in these moments and we should be able to relate. And whatever's going on in your life, if you reflect on it in this moment, you will understand and, and, and realize that the words that are coming out of my mouth in this moment are true because we've all been there. We've all been in these situations and seasons where we have forgotten who God is. We've not obeyed what he's told us to do. And then we've wondered why we're in the mess that we're in. But the thing I love about God is he can solve any mess and he can fix any problem. The thing I love about God is in spite of our disobedience at times when we repent and we turn our heart back to the Lord, we cry out to the Lord, we will see him do the impossible. We'll see him calm the storm. We'll see him repair and restore the things that seem broken and lost. We'll see the things that, that once were doing so well and have fallen apart. We'll see us get back in order because he's the one that can put pieces back together. And he doesn't need super glue to do it. All he needs is faith and trust. I was drawn to verse 12 as the Lord was ministering to me. Preparing for today, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. In the English Standard Version, it reads it this way. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. With Gideon going from 32,000 down to 300, as you go into the next chapter in the book of Judges, chapter 7, and we see him fighting this battle. But before he gets to this battle and fights this battle and trusts the Lord, Gideon's going through some things. Gideon is in a place where the Lord is speaking to him, but Gideon doesn't see or feel what the Lord is speaking. Because the very thing, the angel of the Lord, the representative of the Lord is come to him with purpose and he's come to him to give him a word and he's telling him in this moment that you are something that you don't see in your own life. Think about that for a moment. He says you're a mighty hero and in and, and, and the ESV, a man of valor. Valor means great courage in the face of danger, especially in a battle. God knew that Gideon had been called for a purpose. God knew that Gideon was about to face a battle. God knew that everything about our life, because why? 1 John 3, 20 says he knows that and he understands that. And God is trying to prepare Gideon for what's to come. But Gideon does not see or even hear what the angel of the Lord is saying. The angel of the Lord is a representative. He's speaking to Gideon on God's behalf in this moment. And he's declaring God's word over Gideon and Gideon doesn't get it. Gideon's response is, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Gideon was so distracted and so frustrated and so upset and so fearful. If you remember, he finds him in a wine press, threshing wheat, not where he should be, hiding. He finds him in a place where God didn't call him to and he's fearful and he's worried and he's frustrated because everything around him is not what he had hoped for. Where are the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Verse 14, then the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have 
and rescue Israel from the Midianites, I am sending you. Verse 15, but Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least of my, in my entire family. Verse 16, the Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Think about this for a moment. Gideon is dealing with a lot in his life in this season. The people of Israel are in a place that is not comfortable and it's not easy. And Gideon is questioning God because things aren't what he desires, wants, or anticipated. And yet where he's at, God is trying to prepare him to say, look, you're not going to stay here, but you've got to listen to what I'm telling you in this moment. And I often wonder in our own lives, how many times are we staying or trying to stay in a place that God is trying to get us out of? Trying to stay in a season that God is trying to take us out of? Trying to, trying to stay in sulk and, and fear and worry and stress and anxiety and, and, and let that become who we are instead of listening to what God has promised us and what God has said about us and walking in faith that if God said it about me, even if I don't feel it, even if I don't see it, even if I don't understand it, if God Spoken over me, it must be true. Think about that for a moment. Why are you saying all this, Pastor Michael? Because I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about what God has spoken to you through somebody else. I want you to think about what God has spoken to you through his word. I want you to think about what God has spoken over your life, whether it was a prophetic word or whether it was through somebody else or whether it was to you directly, whether it was a dream or a vision. I want you to think about the promises that God has given you and I in our lives. And I want you to think about where you are now. And I want you to think about, are you focusing on what's wrong? Are you focusing on what your inabilities are? Are you focusing on what, what people are saying? Because see, here's the thing that we must remember. In order to go forward in life with the Lord, it requires faith. Hear me this morning. In order to go forward with the Lord, it requires trust. In order to go forward with the Lord, it requires focus. It requires commitment. Tommy, will you do me a favor and grab that divider out there for me, please? It's in the hallway there. Just grab me one of those. I forgot to have him put it up here earlier. When we read every passage, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you'll just set it right here. You can just set it right there. That's awesome. Thank you. If you were here last week, you know that we used several of these walls. If you weren't here, you can go back online and see what the Lord ministered. But I want you to understand something today. I only brought one wall out because this wall is, is it's, the, it's the most challenging wall in life, I believe. I believe it's the wall that, that, that keeps people on this side of the promises of God. 
I believe that most of us are going through life and we're trying to get to where God has called us to and we're trying to get to the purpose he created us for and we're trying to get to the fulfillment and the blessings that he has for our life and we're trying to do what he's called us to do. But as we do that, we run into a wall. And then we back up and we say, I'm going to give it a go again. So as we back up, we get a little more momentum and we go again. And then we hit the wall again. It's almost like, you've seen me bang my head on this pulpit before, but it's almost like every time we go at this wall, we think the wall is going to go away. But the problem is, is the wall doesn't go away because we don't do anything differently. The problem is, is that this wall blocks us because we don't know truth. Yeah, we've heard truth. We've listened to truth, but we've not focused on truth. Gideon heard truth in that moment. Gideon heard that he was a mighty hero, but he didn't see it. And he didn't feel it. Gideon heard that he was a man of valor. He was a man of courage. He was a man that was called for a purpose. And he heard what God was saying about him. But even though he heard it, he didn't let it sink in. Even though he heard it, he didn't focus on it. The only thing he focused on was what was going on around him. This wall is the wall of fear. This wall is a wall that steals and destroys. This wall is a wall that lies. This is a wall that incapacitates. This is a wall that destroys at the greatest level. This is a wall that we all face. Yesterday we had my son's graduation party. It's my firstborn, my oldest, the first of five that will graduate. And I had an opportunity just to share some words that the Lord had put in my heart and encouragement. And one of the things that I told him was this. Don't let fear hold you back. As I look back on my life and I think about the decisions I was afraid to make. The steps of faith I was afraid to take. When I thought about People would have good intentions and thought they were trying to protect me. But the only thing they were doing was planting fear in my life, holding me back. And I encouraged him in that moment that no matter where you're at in life and what you're doing, that if your focus is on the Lord... You do not have to focus on the storm or the people around you because he will take care of that. And when you focus on the Lord, you will fulfill the things that he's called you to do. And life will be better than you anticipate. But the lie of the enemy is fear. You've heard it many times over. Fear is false evidence that appears real. Real, what does that mean? That our fears typically are nothing more than a thought. 
the things that you've allowed to lead and guide you, the things that have allowed that have stolen from you and your family and, 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 and your relationships and your destiny and your purpose and everything that God has for you is a simple word called fear and fear is nothing more than a lie and the lie comes from the enemy because he wants us to believe that everything we see and feel is truth because if we believe what we see and feel is truth, we will not exercise faith and faith is not moved by what we see and feel but faith is moved by the promises of God which says that he has my life in his hand and he has a promise for me and he has a destiny for me and he can restore it all. We don't hear it when he says that we're a mighty hero. We don't hear it when he says we're a man or a woman of valor. We don't hear it when he says that, that you're gonna get through this. We don't hear it when he says, I've planned some things for you and I'm positioning you right now. And oh yeah, you were going to Bible college for one reason. No, 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 no. You're going to Bible college for something else. Oh yeah, yeah, that job you have, yeah, I know it pays well and I know you got the promotion and I know you're doing good, but that's not the only purpose for that job. I've got an encounter there for you. I've got something there for you that you don't even see yet. And all I need you to do is focus on the fact that I got you there, I positioned you there, and if you'll focus on me and do what I say, you won't have to go back and say, God, how did we get here? Where are the miracles? Where's the provision? Saturday, or Friday, sorry. They do these pursuit nights of worship where they bring musicians and singers from different churches together and once a month typically they will meet at random places and do a worship night and Malcolm is part of that and this past Friday they were at Brookside and I texted him and said man I want to come you know I want to go and support what he's doing and what the Lord is doing through him I said man I got so much to do and just not feeling up to it I don't know if I'm going to be there now, as I was getting prepared to come over and pick up some tables and some chairs, and I had to go right by Brookside. And I was going to pass it. I'd already texted him and said, hey, I may not be there. But the Lord said, stop, go. And so I went, right? And I went with the thought process that I'm going to go support my nephew. I'm going to go support uh, the, one of my friends uh, helps run the, para, uh, the uh, pursuit night of worship. I've known him for a while, and I'll just stop and support it for a little bit. And then I begin to see different people from the church and love them and talk to them and see another pastor. And I, I, I don't know how to not talk to people. It's hard for me if I see somebody to not just stand there and talk to them. My wife will tell you that when she's looking for me. Are you home yet? You're coming home? I'm talking. So we're having all these conversations and I seen a couple from the church and there was a situation that was happening at Brookside that was not a good situation and they had to call the cops and family member and yada, yada, yada. So I'm standing there talking to the gentleman uh, and on the other side of him is another guy. I thought that that guy was with him. I didn't know. I just walked up, right? And as we began to talk and stuff, I realized that he's not with him but he's looking at me and I keep looking at him. And as I began to look at him some more, the Lord just began to speak to him through me. And I'm not saying this because I want you to focus on me or, oh, Pastor, it's not about that. I'm telling you this because I want you to understand something. 
that God is always trying to speak to us and, and, and work through us. And when we walk in obedience, he will put divine appointments and encounters that aren't always just for you. They're for somebody else. Long story short, I won't go on a big rabbit trail as this. Had an opportunity to minister the gospel to him. Had an opportunity to lead him into salvation. Amen. What an awesome thing. Amen. That's weak. If that was your family member who said yes to Christ and gave their Lord to gave their life to the Lord, you would be super excited. I don't know who his family is. I don't know anything about him, but I know that God had a divine appointment for that day and for that moment. Why? Because all of us have divine appointments. I could have let fear hold me back. I could have let judgment hold me back. See, here's the thing that when fear is evident, we don't think properly. When fear is evident, we don't, we don't rationalize properly. When fear is evident, we, we believe things that aren't real. And, and, and what happens is, is we stop at the wall. We stop going forward. See, we've got to realize something. We think that fear only comes. There's this red devil with ears and a pitchfork and a tail. And, like, that's the only time that he's going to show up and say, I'm putting fear in you. That's not how it works. Life, circumstances, situations. Maybe you had a bad encounter with somebody. And now that put fear in you. And guess what happens when fear is in you? You begin to talk about it. And then what happens, fear comes into me, and then I begin to tell Pastor Richard about that same fear. Well, guess what? Now I've allowed that same fear to come into me to get into Pastor Richard because I begin to be a conduit to release death into the earth because power of life and death is in the tongue, Proverbs 18, 21. And so here's what I begin to do. Now I'm letting fear hold me back and I'm letting the wall of fear keep me from going forward. And now I'm poisoning somebody else with the same garbage without even realizing it. Because I think I'm trying to protect Pastor Richard. And then it just goes further and further. Bad experiences produce fear. Bad relationships produce fear. Culture produces fear. Generationally produces fear. Oh, you don't ever want to go there. That's a really bad place. That could be somebody's opinion, but doesn't mean it's truth. Oh, you don't want to. You don't want to talk to them. Do you know who they, where they come from? You, you, you know, I seen their picture on Facebook, and I seen all that stuff there. You don't want to be around them. You want to go to that church where they dance and shout and run? And, that's really weird. You don't, you, you don't want to go over there. Seeds of fear planted. Why? Because ultimately we don't realize that who we are is what we reproduce. And if we are driven by fear and held back by fear, then we will produce it in somebody else. And so here's the thing you have to think about. In Acts chapter 9, you've heard me share this story often, but in Acts chapter 9, and I'll go back in just a moment, but in Acts chapter 9, the Lord is speaking to Ananias directly, and he's giving him a directive to go pray for Saul, also known as Paul. 
tells him to go. I've given him a vision of a man coming to lay hands on him and pray for him. Paul has lost his sight. Saul has lost his sight. You know, again, God didn't change his name there. It just says also known as. But in verse 13, as the Lord is speaking to Ananias, and he tells him to go do this, here's Ananias' response. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I have heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to believers in Jerusalem. Ananias had never experienced Saul for himself. Ananias hadn't encountered him. What did Ananias say? The fear that was trying to hold Ananias back was what somebody else had said. I wonder in your life what fears are evident because of what somebody else said. I wonder what fears in your life are holding you back from getting to where God has for you, from getting into not just the blessings he has for you or the purpose he has for you, but getting to a point where you can be used to be the breakthrough, the blessing to somebody else. Because again, our life is not ours, it's his, and he wants to use our life to bring freedom and deliverance and healing and restoration to others. But we cannot do that for others if we don't have it for ourselves. I wonder what in your life have you not taken a step of faith because right when you get ready to, you're so close to fear you can't even take the step. It'd be like this. You get ready to take that step and you're like, oh, let me put my leg back down. I can't take that step. Something's blocking it. Oh, I'm going to take another step. Oh, I can't. Because every time you get ready to, fear says no, you can't. Fear says no, you shouldn't. Fear says, no, God won't show up. Fear says, no, he won't bring you through this storm. Fear says, no, he doesn't have a solution. Fear says, no, you're not worthy. Fear says, no, you don't have the answers. Fear says, no, you're not smart enough. Fear says, no, this is the way you're going to be and it's the way you're always going to be. Fear says, nothing's going to ever change. And every time we say, God says, nope, 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 you are a mighty man of valor. Nope, 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 you are a mighty hero. We go and we're like, oh, but God. Wait a second, I hear what you're saying, but I don't hear what you're saying because what I see is more important or what I see is more relevant or what I feel is more uh, overbearing in my life and I believe in what I'm feeling and what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing instead of what you've promised me or what you've told me. You know, the Bible says in Romans 10 17 that what faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Gideon had heard the word of the Lord, but he didn't hear the word of the Lord. Maybe there's some things in your life that you've heard the word of the Lord, but you haven't heard the word of the Lord. Well, Pastor Michael, you're talking in circles now. No. What I'm saying is, is that you've heard, but you've not focused on. You've listened, but you've not applied. Too often, everyone and every else, everything else's voice is louder than God's. I know in my own life, I've had business ideas, and then I looked at my circumstances and said, it can never happen. I've had ministry ideas, and I've looked at who I was and my circumstances. And it's never happened. I've looked at things in my life where I said I would be different as a parent. And I would do more than or better than. 
and fear said, no, you can't. And so I didn't. I pray that you hear today. Because there are purposes and giftings and callings in this room that have yet to be walked into because you keep running into the wall of fear. There are things that haven't happened in this city yet because you've walked into fear. There are things that haven't happened in your family yet because you've walked into fear. There are things that haven't happened at your workplace yet because you've walked into fear. There are things that haven't happened in your marriage union yet because you've walked into fear. There are things that haven't happened in your kid's life yet because you've walked into fear. There are things that God has for you and there are promises that he's planned for you and the only thing he's waiting for you to do is to stop letting fear be louder than his voice, louder than his promises, louder than his precepts, louder than his principles, louder than everything that he's entrusted you with because when it's louder, we become incapacitated. What does that mean? That means that we get frozen. It means that we don't take steps forward. We actually start backing up. Because we're like, that's too heavy, that's too weighty, that's too much. I just need to get away from that as far away as I can. Sometimes we change locations thinking we're going to run from the callings and the giftings and the voice of the Lord. Sometimes we change jobs, sometimes we change relationships, sometimes we change friends, all thinking that if I do this, this, and this, then it'll all get better. And the only thing we're doing is backing up further and further and further away from the things that God has for you. Because see, if you understand something, this is in Judges chapter 6. When you go to Judges chapter 7, guess what happens? After Gideon's asked for signs and the Lord shows up, he finally goes forward and he does what God's asked him to do. But even before he's about to go into battle, the Lord says, if you're afraid, go listen to what they're about to say. And the Lord gives him another promise, another sign that they're going to win. And then all of a sudden, Gideon gets it. All of a sudden, in Judges chapter 7, it begins to make sense for Gideon. Uh, It's because all of a sudden, he's heard what the Lord has said. Go back at the end of Judges chapter 6 for just a moment, and I'm almost done. Judges chapter 6 and verse 27. So Gideon took 10 of his servants and did as the Lord had commanded. But he did it at night because he was afraid of the other members of his father's household and the people of the town. Here the Lord has instructed him to tear down the idols, to tear down the Asherah pole, to tear down the altars of Baal because these are the things that the Israelites were not supposed to do, worship false gods, and it's what put them in the position they were in. And now Gideon's been told to go and tear all of this stuff down And he does it, but he still does it at night because he's afraid. And then as you read on in the story, they find out who it is. They get upset, and his father stands up. Instead of Bell is real, let him take care of himself. I'm paraphrasing in this moment because I need to wrap this up. But in Judges chapter 7, verses 9 through 11, we see now Gideon's listening to the Lord. He's went from 32,000 men to 300 men. He's about to face the battle. 
that's going to take the courage that God says he was a man of, a fearless man. The words that the Lord had spoken over him, he now had to be that man to do what he was about to do. It says, that night the Lord said, get up, go down into the Midianite camp, for I have given you victory over them. But if you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura. Verse 11, listen to what the Midianites are saying, and you will, greatly, you will be greatly encouraged. Then you will be eager to attack. So Gideon took Pura and went down to the edge of the enemy's camp. And what do you think happened? He heard what was being said. He heard them talking about a dream that was taking place and how, how it, it, the dream represented Gideon. I'll just read it to you in verse 14. His companion answered, your dream can only mean one thing. God has given Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite, victory over Midian and all its allies. Verse 15, when God, or when Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed and worshiped before the Lord. Then he returned to the Israelite camp and shouted, get up, for the Lord has given you victory over the Midianite hordes. You know what the great thing is about this story? It shows God's faithfulness when we're unfaithful. It shows God's commitment when we let other things keep us from obeying the voice of the Lord. It shows God's persistence in our lives. See, when Gideon began to push back on the Lord and say, look, I don't hear you. I hear you, but I don't hear you. I'm not listening because of everything else going on. The Lord continued to be with him. The Lord continued to encourage him. The Lord continued to push him. And many of us here today, the Lord is doing that for you and I. But we're still letting the wall of fear be in our way. We're still letting this wall be bigger than our God. We're still letting the lies be bigger than truth. We're still letting the feelings and emotions be bigger than the freedom that he brings and gives. We're still letting the circumstances be greater than his promises. We're still letting what we don't see dictate us versus our trust in the Lord. The Bible says he never leaves us nor forsakes us. The Bible says in Romans 2.11 that he has no favorites. What does that mean, Pastor Michael? Like you hear me say all the time, you've got to connect the dots. You've got to understand something that if he has no favorites and he never changes and he never leaves us nor forsakes us, then the things that he's spoken over your life, they've not changed, they've not lost value, they've not lost purpose. But the only thing that's holding you and I back is faith. Fear is bigger than faith in our lives. We cannot be who God's called us to be and we cannot do what God's called us to do as, a, as an individual and as a ministry if the voice of others keeps us from taking a step of faith. If the circumstances keep us from taking a step of faith. If the lies keep us from taking a step of faith. If the past failures and letdowns keep us, the past hurts keep us back. At some point, we got to realize that this wall is only a wall if we let it be there. False evidence that appears real. A lie will be truth until you know the truth. That's why truth brings freedom. And when truth brings freedom, when we go to take a step, 
the wall just goes down. When we go to take a step, it can no longer be there. When we go to take a step, what used to stop us doesn't stop us anymore. Why? Because all of a sudden, we begin to focus on what God has promised and what God has said and what he's given us. And everything that God designed and created us for becomes more important than anything else. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've been through, no matter what your life has taken, no matter what roller coaster, he's the God that turns it all around. But the only way it turns around if we believe that we're a mighty man of valor, that we are a hero. Well, Pastor Michael, I'm not about to fight a battle. I'm not about to go face this, these people, and I'm not about to have 300 men, and we're not breaking out swords and shields and spears and all that stuff, yeah? But you're about to fight a mental battle. Yeah, you're about to fight a, fight, a, fight a natural battle when it comes to relationships and lies and culture and feelings and emotions. Yeah, you may not have a, have a natural sword, but you have a spiritual sword. And if that spiritual sword stays in the sheath on your side, then guess what? You will die. You will die. The Word of God is part of our armor, it's our sword. Stand with me today. I want to read these scriptures to you very quickly. Proverbs 29 and verse 25 says this in the New Living Translation. Fearing people is a dangerous trap. But trusting the Lord means safety. The Passion translation, translation reads that same scripture this way. Fear and intimidation is a trap that holds you back. But when you place your confidence in the Lord, you will be seated in the high place. We've all heard 2 Timothy 1.7 that God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and of self-discipline. The Amplified says it this way. Spirit of timidity cowardice of craving and cringing and fawning fear but he has given us a spirit of power and love and of calm and well balanced mind and discipline and self control why do you think that every fear starts up here you've heard me say it often what we think on, what we dwell on, what we meditate on is what we will believe. And what we believe will cause us to respond. Sometimes we wonder, why did I make that decision? You didn't have the intention to make it. You didn't have the, the intention to let fear move you. You didn't have the intention to, to let the circumstances hold you back. You didn't have the intention of the past hurts incapacitate you but when we don't focus on what God has said and we don't put our energy and effort there the byproduct is is we're going to focus somewhere else any focus in the wrong direction will end up in failure and destruction why are you saying that, Pastor Michael? Because success in the kingdom of God is obeying the voice of the Lord. And there are things in your life 
He's just waiting for you to hear what he has to say. He's waiting for you to take that step of faith and obedience. When the body of Christ, when the church stops letting fear be a wall that's bigger than God, look out. Look out. This church was birthed out of faith and love. This local body was birthed out of faith and love. Many of you are here today because somebody prayed for you by faith. Many of you are here today because you took a step of faith. You got tired of being tired. You got tired of frustration and disappointment and anger and resentment and bitterness and jealousy. You got tired of feeling like nothing was ever going to change. And you took a step of faith. And when you first gave your heart to the Lord, you were running with so much faith and fervor. But as time has gone on and life has gone on, your focus has shifted. Because maybe another storm popped up. Maybe another less than situation popped up. Maybe another bad relationship has skewed your view. Maybe you were in a relationship with somebody that said they love God and the way they treated you didn't show the love of God. He's waiting for you to say, Lord, I not only hear you, but I believe you. And I not only hear you and I believe you, but I'm going to take that step of faith to trust you. Isaiah 41.10, it's a familiar scripture. The Lord is talking to the children of Israel. He says, don't be afraid, I'm with you. Don't be discouraged, I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. David made this statement in Psalms 34.4. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. The English Standard Version says it this way, I sought the Lord. To, when, when he said I sought the Lord, it meant that, that he went in search of the Lord. He asked the Lord for something. When do you get tired of running into the wall? When do you get tired of feeling like this life is too much? When do you get tired of believing your circumstances over what God's spoken over you? Close your eyes with me today. Ephesians 1.11 says this. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance. And he makes everything work out according to his plan. According to his plan according to his plan his plan gets fulfilled when we take Matthew 16 24 
and we listen to Jesus as he spoke to the disciples, you must give up your own way. Gideon finally said, yes, Lord. Ananias finally said, yes, Lord. Because when you read on in Acts 9, Ananias goes to Saul. Because the Lord responds to Ananias when he says, Have, I've heard what the people say. But the Lord responds, he's my chosen one. He's my chosen instrument, Ananias. I see what you don't see. I've planned what you didn't plan. I've created what you didn't create. I've prepared what you didn't prepare is what he was saying to Ananias. And I believe that's what the Lord's saying to all of us here today. He's already created it. He's already planned it. He's already prepared it. He's already worked it out. Sometimes people with the best intentions will give you a lie. Not trying to harm you because it's what they think is right. My father used to say selling wolf tickets, selling stuff that ain't true. Sometimes we receive that, and sometimes we're the conduit for that to others. But today it stops. Today's enough. Come on, just say today's enough. No more fear. No more walls of fear in my life, in my family's life, in my community, in my region, and in this world have to understand something. If we don't do anything, nothing changes. But when we take steps of faith and we believe the voice of the Lord and the truth of the Lord, things change. With your eyes closed, I just have a simple question for you. Has the wall of fear been holding you back in any area of your life? If so, let me just see your hand. I'm going to pray for you right where you're at this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. If that's you online, you can just raise your hand there. I'm going to pray for every one of you as we're preparing to be dismissed. And I want to encourage every one of us here. You are who God says you are. You are who God says you are. When you don't feel like it, you're still the son. When you don't feel like it, you're still the daughter. When you don't think you can do what he's asked you to do, it's because you're trying to do it in your own abilities versus his. It's a quote that I want to read to you before I pray. This quote was by Corey Ten Boom. The quote was this, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Father, I pray this afternoon for everyone here today. Lord, every hand that was raised in the house and everyone online and maybe those that are still battling that fear. Father, I pray today that we would hear your voice. We would hear your truth. 
we would trust you. Father, I pray today that no matter where we're at, no matter where we've stopped going forward at, that today we would stand up and go forward again. Today we would take another step of faith. Father, I pray today that everyone under the sound of my voice in this house and online would no longer be a slave to fear, would no longer be a pawn in the enemy's game, would no longer be less than who you created them to be, and would no longer do less than what you've created them to do. Father, I pray that this is a house of faith. These are sons and daughters of faith. And Father, I pray that when we leave here today, we would go back and look and say, I didn't go forward here, I'm going to take a step. I didn't go forward here, I'm going to take a step. I sat down here, I'm going to take a step. I gave up here, I'm going to take a step. And Father, as you reminded Gideon, and as you reminded Ananias, Father, I pray that you would remind everyone in this house today, everyone online, and everyone that will listen later, that when we trust you, it all works out. When we depend on you, it all works out. So I say fear, go. In the name of Jesus. Come on, say fear go. Come on, fear go. In the name of Jesus. Let faith arise. Come on, say it with me. Let faith arise. Hallelujah. Before I close out, if you have felt fear to not be able to live the life of a son and daughter that God has called you to and you felt like it's holding you back Pastor Barbara just really felt strongly she passed me that note I'm going to open this altar I just need you to come down here very quickly if you felt like I can't do it fear is holding you back from being who God's called you to be living the life that God has called you to just come quickly thank you Anybody else, come quickly. Come on, come quickly if that's you. Thank you. Come on. Yeah, come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on. Anybody else? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's what happens when you obey the voice of the Lord. Come on, if you're a part of the prayer team, if you'll stand behind them. If there's anybody else you have time, come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Thank you. Mm. Mm. If you have fear of not being able to live the life that God has called you to, you need to be at this altar right now. We hope you encountered the presence of God through today's message. We encourage you to subscribe and share this podcast with friends and family. To experience more from Word of Life, you can follow and connect with us through social media 
at Word of Life NM or visit our website at wordoflifechristian.org.